Welcome back to Season 3 of Talking to Humans. I'm Mark Andrus, one of the pastors here at Redemption Gateway. I'm joined by our co-host for this podcast, Vicki Demert, our Hello. counseling director. Hi, Vicki. Glad we're able to uh, do this again today. Our guests today are uh, some good friends of ours, Marty and Joyce Lutri. Marty, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Good to be here. I'm glad you're here. Joyce, how are you? I'm fine, too. Thank you. Excellent. So Marty and Joyce have been uh, here at Gateway since about 2015. They've been involved in a lot of different ministries. They currently lead our um, marriage class called Road to Intimacy. They also do a divorce uh, care class and uh, divorce recovery class. Uh, Marty does some work with addiction recovery, and they also help lead a small group and some other ways that they're involved here at Gateway. But uh, good friends of mine and a lot of ministry with them over the years and excited to have them join us today as we talk about conflict, which is your favorite topic, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Everybody loves conflict. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so previously in this season, you know, Luke Simmons uh, kind of opened us off talking about just kind of a theology of conflict, God's design for conflict, kind of a bigger picture thing. We had Darcy Wilcoxon on uh, talking to us about family of origin and considering uh, why we tend to act some of the ways we do in conflict, what some of our deficits and strengths are. That feels like more of a bigger picture, kind of broader understanding of the topic. Today, as we get into uh, this conversation with Joyce and Marty, we're going to be kind of getting away from that 30,000-foot view of the forest and getting down into the trees a little bit of some specific kind of interplay in conflict. And specifically, we invited Joyce and Marty in here today to talk about ownership and responsibility uh, personal ownership and responsibility in conflict, um, and so we are just super excited to have you guys join us. And uh, thanks for blessing us with your with your time and, and expertise. So, um, let me let me start off with this question for you. Um, in your mind, what does it mean specifically in the lens of conflict? What does it mean for a person to take ownership? What does that mean? Take taking ownership means. What do I have invested in this conflict? What is there that's precious to me? What do I stand to lose in this conflict? What is my responsibility toward solving it? Let me give an example. If Marty's asking me, where should we go out for dinner tonight? And I say, I don't care. And he says, I don't care either. <laughs> You've yeah. described 73% of how dates start. <laughs> Not only start, but... <laughs> also how many of them end. <laughs> uh-huh, and carry on persistently. And so we go back and forth and back and forth. And finally, sometimes I feel like saying, ah, let's just eat home. But... If I'm on a diet, which is perpetual, (laughs) and I need a certain something on the diet, then I say, well, comma, since I'm on a diet and this restaurant lets me stay true to my diet, then I have an ownership in it. Mm. Otherwise, I do not. So that's easy because it's a, well, it's not Mm. silly, but it's a very lighthearted conflict. But Mm. if we go deeper, say... Where do we spend our resources? Mm. Okay. Um, Do we take a trip or do we save up and make up for the last one we took? (laughs) And then our conflict can become a little stronger 
because we have different viewpoints, we have different investments in it. One can say, I really need this because I want Hmm. something. And the other one can say, but our priority is being financially responsible. And then we have that kind of a conflict. So you each have, you're coming into that with different, you talk about like investments, different value systems, different priorities. Yes. Neither side of which is inherently right or wrong, but you're coming from different perspectives in there. And you are. And, and the important part in, in this to resolve this is to understand where am I coming from? Where is the other person coming from? Gotcha. Marty, what, what would you add to that in your mind? What does it, what does it mean to take ownership? Um, you know, I'm just listening to Joyce's story and, and, uh, there's a thing that plays in here. It's called emotions. Mm. We don't talk about that. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what really plays in it. it it's kind of sterile. Look at, you know, resources and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It, it really starts to, you know, we work with a lot of couples and you listen to what they fight over. It's minute stuff. Mm. Mm. So it really is, is that the core issue is in there. So somewhere in there. So it might be, I'm resisting her because of my ego. Mm. I want to control. Okay. So the emotions are in there. We got to take ownership of those things and process them. Why is that important to me? Mm. Why do I need to defend that? Why do I need to go on the offense? Mm. So we really need to take, take that pause and a deep breath and say, what is really pushing me to do this? And if we own those feelings, a lot of times they're not valid. What, what do you mean by that, they're not valid? They're, they're, they don't match the, the reality. Hmm. Okay. We talked about family origin. Let's just take a hypothetical thing here. I'm a little kid, very young, and I got bit by this little furry animal. And it terrified me and it hurt me. Right. And my folks, Jack, just get over it. So I carry this along that furry animals are what? Terrifying. Terrifying. Dangerous. So I'm coming down a trail in the woods and there's a bear. I look at the bear and I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. And I turn around and run. That feels appropriate. Right? Mm-hmm. I come down the trail the next day and there's a bunny rabbit. Boom. It's furry. <laughs> it's an animal. It's an animal. And I do what? I turn around and run. Yeah. Now, there's a whole bunch of people watching this. So I, I, this is going to really explode because mm. I'm running and I'm thinking, they're all laughing at me. Yeah. Now I got shame. Mm. Okay? So, you know, we got to really make sure we're matching reality. And that really, I think that reality is God's story. Think about it. Yeah. So to, in your experience, like you both talked about like trying to understand like, why am I going on the offensive? Like, what is my value system? What are my priorities? You know, why am I responding the way I am? Do people naturally reflect and ask themselves those questions? Well, if they did, there'd be a lot fewer compliments. <laughs> So no. <laughs> so no, and I think I think we're more likely to do it when our conflict is at an impasse and we think what's going on, how do we solve this? 
and then we step back and take a look at it. Mm. But as Marty was saying, underlying that and our, our rigidity of our stance is very often need-based. Mm. Very, like in his example, the need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that comes out sideways in a lot of our conflicts, and it's pretty sometimes very unrecognizable, and so we have to pause um, and and take a deeper look. But when we feel that urge, when we feel that gut reaction, because we talk about the connection between mind, body, and soul, when we feel that gut reaction, which is where most people feel it, um, then we need to say, that's a check engine light, and what's going on? What's mm-hmm. going on deep inside, and why does this matter to me? Yeah, You guys are talking about um, owning a lot of different things. You know, like I think when I, I originally was thinking about this conversation is the ownership of maybe my contribution to the argument. Okay, like I spoke unkindly or whatever, but you guys are even taking it back to being like um, owning emotions, owning my investment, owning... Um, what, what, that, that question you asked Marty about, uh, what am I defending? You know, the, the, there, there's something that I feel like I need to defend, even getting clarity on what is that and why do I feel like I need to defend it? Or why do I feel like I need to go on the offense? Um, this takes a lot of work. <laughs> Tons. <laughs> years. <laughs> like this does, yeah. Years. years. Tell, you, you know, if you, if you really look at it, um, I, I'll give an example. I have a high sense of order. Joyce, <laughs> Joyce has a low sense of order. A different sense of order. <laughs> and, and this is really how it plays out. So I kind of like have places for everything. And Joyce? I have areas. <laughs> <laughs> and and there, there, this is really how conflict happens. Yeah. Joyce will clean up the dishes or something or clean the counter and I'll look at it and there's still, in my mind, it's not right. <laughs> so I come behind her. <laughs> right. you know, I know Joyce's past and that really can trigger her. Mm. Okay. So I'll go and do that and then pretty soon mm. things start to elevate. Well, I know now today and I've known quite a while, I have that sense of order. And that's really my issue. Mm. It's not Joyce's. This is the ownership. Mm-hmm. It's really not Joyce. It's me. Mm. Okay. Likewise, Joyce knows my story and really understands me. And she knows them. She calls me Monk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great okay. show. So, mm-hmm. so if we both understand that, she knows where I'm coming from. But also now I can, I get, I can get a flash of anger. Mm. But is it really a valid anger? It's my anger. It's nothing she did. Follow me? So that's mm-hmm. an ownership. That's a mm-hmm. real ownership. That's my feeling. And then that's what I'm going to do with it. Do I act out in anger? Or do I take a pause, check engine light, and what? Oh, it's my issue. It's me. Mm. Right. So I drop it because it's not that. One, one thing you said, which I think, which touches on the family of origin conversation that we had with Darcy was like being aware of the other person's story. So you know that walking behind her, um, you know, th- there's something there, right, that, that you are aware of in her story that um, 
Now, in some ways, you're responsible because you have this information. Does that make sense? Like, yes. I am responsible. I mean, that would be really bad for me to act on that. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. to push her buttons. Yeah. I mean, that is, now I'm playing games and controlling yeah. and all mm. kinds that's, of stuff. That's the opposite of, yeah. it was the first Peter 3, 7, husbands, love, with your, love your wives, live with them in an understanding yeah. way. Like, mm-hmm. you understand this about her story for you to, under, like, having that knowledge to still do the thing. Yeah. Like, that's that's the opposite of what Peter's getting at there. Yeah. Right. And, and to say, well, that's not my fault. I'm not the one that did it. Um, and, like, be angry that, that now maybe you have to function or, or have to choose to function in a different way or engage or relate to Joyce in a different way, given that information, which uh, sounds like it's in conflict or opposed to the way that, you, you know, you want order, right? right. So now there's... Conflict. Conflict. But Mark, you said husbands, as it says in the scripture, mm-hmm. but it works both ways. Oh, certainly. Taking, mm-hmm. taking the same issue, I know where Marty's need for being monk comes mm-hmm. from. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So I do much better, along with cleaning the counter so that there's not a crumb anywhere <laughs> no no door can remain partially ajar that means the knob has to be latched you know it has mm. to go all the way in so i know these are things so i work extremely hard to adjust my behaviors mm. to support him because I know that that gives him a peace or a wellness. And so wives are just as, I mean, this is intimacy. This mm-hmm. is what we talk about, about each person being aware. And the term laying down never never registered well with me, mm. but it's meeting each other's needs to the best of our ability. Now, we can't do that because that's God's job. Mm-hmm. He, he's our ultimate. He's our, here's our target, our bullseye. But... By doing that. So we reach a solution where we have divided tasks Mm -hmm. because I can never get the counter clean enough. Mm. I don't do that because that's a trigger. Instead, I will do different tasks, and Mm. that one's Marty's because then it's done to his satisfaction, and peace prevails. So what would you guys say to um, this maybe rebuttal to that? Is, sure. is okay, Joyce. You're not cleaning the the counter to to Marty's standard. Um, if you really truly loved him, you would do it. Like, and it, it kind of becomes an attack. Yeah, you would learn how to do it. Yeah, you would learn how to do it, and and so now, because in some ways, it's making you be responsible for um him. But but I like just the couples I've talked to. I I can just almost even hear being like like the husband or the wife now using that as ammunition like you know my past and you're now not well you're weaponizing yeah okay you're weaponizing you, you know something intimate about that person and you weaponized it boy talk about sin mm. yeah. yeah that's used that's, yeah, the, that's, that's a great opposite. word weaponizing like that the information we gather is not just information, but now it's it's a, a means by which we can love and serve somebody else. Mm-hmm. There it is. And instead of love, instead of using that to love and serve somebody, 
we use it to demand something from someone. Yeah. Like that's, that's the inverse of the biblical definition Mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. Back to your comment. It's not that it's Marty's need. Mm -hmm. Okay. I wipe the counter and I think 99 out of a hundred people would say, good job. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This is Mm -hmm. a particular Mm. trigger. It's a particular dot that Marty has. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because I love him, I'm not going to go there. I respect that. I honor mm-hmm. that. It's a comfortable thing. So I think it's the motive with which I'm doing mm-hmm. that. And we talk about that and say, Marty, would you prefer that you just do mm-hmm. that? And it's not that I'm doing nothing. Yeah, I picked up a substitute task so mm-hmm. that it take, it's taken off our list, mm-hmm. not mine or his, but it's that our piece mm-hmm. that we that we need to do. So what can, maybe what can what is the ownership or responsibility in this example? What is Marty responsible? What is his ownership, and what is yours? Well, there, there's a couple of them. One of them is that, that I can get triggered like that. The first thing that's going to spark up in me is anger, and. And bottom, bottom line is, is that nobody in this room can make me angry. Mm-hmm. I choose to be angry. Mm-hmm. That's the ownership. It's mine. The question is, do I want to act on it mm-hmm. or not act on it? Mm-hmm. That goes back to this, is this emotion fitting reality? Mm-hmm. Is it really worth me to start yelling and screaming at Joyce? Mm-hmm. For that or not? It's my own little quirky issue sure Mm -hmm. so it's really that's my quirky issue it's my anger Mm -hmm. right so now it's my choice to what act on the anger or feel it and say "Eh, it's not valid Mm -hmm. let it go marty so there's no escalation or anything yeah and my point in that one my point in that one is to say i accept that this is one of those little points mm. for Marty. Mm-hmm. And so my role is not to mock him or mm-hmm. ridicule him or say, seriously, get over mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, although sometimes we can, when it is something that isn't based on any reality, say, tell me where you're coming from. Mm. Curiosity. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's not so that I can get that information and use it against him, it's so that I can get that information and understand him mm-hmm. so I can best respond in love. Mm-hmm. So one of, the, one of the things that I see playing out in this, um, which I think is indicative of the fact that, generally speaking, you guys, and you've worked hard to establish this, you guys have a healthy, yeah. loving, mutually respecting, mutually submitting to another relationship, yeah. which is like the image of marriage that's given in you know Ephesians 5 21 through the end of the chapter um and I know it's not perfect but you guys have have built this up over time and so so one of the things that I'm like picking up on in this is um you're not like you're not afraid of how Marty is going to respond like if you don't do this thing the right way it's not like you're you're trying to do this to achieve his standards. Like you're you're not living in fear of what he's going to do of yeah. some kind of explosive conflict. You guys have had conversations about that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Marty, you're, you know, you've learned over time. Okay. It's not helpful when I go behind and do these things. Right. And so you can either go, I'm going to accept what she's doing or, and say, that's good enough and not like a demeaning sort of way or to go, Hey, actually I would just prefer to do this myself so that I'm not tempted to come behind Mm -hmm. and trigger you by doing these sorts of things. But, But you guys have, you're not living in fear of judgment or punishment from the other person, um, which is an indicator of health in your marriage and relationship. That isn't necessarily a common starting point yeah. for a lot of different people. Like you guys have over the course of the years built up your own ownership and responsibility of these things. Whereas a lot of people that you know, Vicki and I work with, and I think is this is probably more common than not in marriages. Um, and I think this is the trajectory of every human person, which is the transfer of responsibility onto the other person, mm-hmm. right? So like starting in Genesis three, God comes down, mm-hmm. Adam, what happened? And Adam's response is God, it was the woman. Unless you forget, it was you who gave her to me, mm-hmm. meaning it's everybody's fault, but my own, that that's what we do instinctually. And so we see that play out in not just in marriages, but other relationships. We transfer responsibility onto other people. What is it like? And maybe this, maybe you can speak to some of the, your own personal steps that you guys took. What does it look like for somebody to begin to take those steps towards their own, like stopping the blame shifting mm-hmm. and really beginning to consider what is my responsibility? What are my triggers? You know, like Marty, you said, my anger is my choice. So yeah. often we hear, well, I wouldn't have had to say this if she hadn't. Like what, what are the first steps that people take to, to try to move towards a position of, of ownership and responsibility? I, I think I think one of the real key thing, real, real key thing is uh, self awareness. Self awareness, all that family of origin stuff, and other experiences. And I think when you have self awareness, you're aware of your idols. Mm-hmm. You're aware of what's important. You know, you're aware of your fears. You're aware of a lot of things, and and we're triggered all the time. We really are, all of us, mm-hmm. and. And we got to be as much as possible understand what's what's happening inside of us. A feeling is a check engine light, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you know, a feeling we talked earlier may not match reality, but it's still a reality in our heads. Mm-hmm. And we have to process that. And the process is look at it. Say, okay, where it came from? Is it valid? No, it's not. So should I act on that feeling? No. If we're just constantly acting on our feelings, then our feelings and emotions are what? They're running us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's another layer to that. Marty talked about what I have to do as an individual to have myself in control. The other thing that we've been blessed with is the responsibility to know each other. And that takes time and an enormous amount of risk. Mm-hmm. Marty and I are in our second marriage of 29 years, but both of us have experienced marriages where that was not the case, where we did not know ourselves or take the time to know each other. So back to your question, Mark, about how would I invite others to do that, I would really say first center yourself on your God and make sure your relationship is right with him, kind of your bullseye. We use that word a lot in the class because that's where everything starts from. If that's not your center and your focus, 
truthfully, all bets are off how you're going to succeed. You're going to do to the best of your ability without surrendering it to your creator. After that, you need to take the time and the risk to listen to each other, to understand, not to use that information, but to really understand and have an awareness. I know about Marty's buttons. He knows about mine because we told each other. Mm. And oftentimes, because of our private histories that we've had, which we've shared a great deal with each other, we... We, we, I love, lost my train of thought. But I, I think, too, you know, how do you get there? And we do use a bullseye. We call it the bullseye in, in the marriage class. That center of the bullseye is God. And that is all of us is our most primary, important, intimate relationship. We have to be as honest as we can be with God. The second circle is really ourselves, because we deceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, we can just deceive ourselves all over the place. So we really need to get work on self-awareness so we know where those deceptions are coming from, what's driving them. And then that second or that third ring, if it's a marriage, is a spouse. So if we start in the middle of that bullseye and work out, honesty, honesty, Honesty with a spouse, risking, sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. So, you know, when you talk about being self-aware and it's your anger, you know, like you, I'm choosing. I get, this is my responsibility, my choice. Um, what would you just say to somebody who's making somebody else like putting that responsibility on their spouse or another person? Like you are responsible for my anger, for, for me not being angry. I think we see that happen. Yeah, like, hey, I, you know, if you would just clean the counters the right way. I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be angry. So mm-hmm. let's be honest here. Who's at fault? Obviously, hyperbolizing a little bit, but some people have said as much, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now, what, what would you say to that, that person? I would invite them to say, let's take a deeper look at this. Can we have a conversation about that? And then I would say, tell me about that. Where is that anger coming from? And why... If I wipe the counter just right, you would not be angry? Mm. Or would that still be coming from? And I would say, why is having the counter perfect an issue for you? And I would try very hard to invite, because that's what it is, to invite a deeper look. And so we can uncover that. Now, there's times, of course, and we we come along and help people, and we know that either person isn't ready to do that. Mm-hmm. And timing is very important. When somebody's really escalated, it's not the time to say, so why are you escalated? <laughs> yeah. I mean, There's a guarantee for that conversation oh sideways. Yeah. When I was teaching, I, I did a course for um, adolescent skills, and in that I said, you know, when your parents are really – ticked off about something that you did, you broke curfew or something, is that the time you're going to ask for a raise in mm-hmm. your allowance? Mm-hmm. And they, no, well, it's the same <laughs> thing. You know, it, you put a practical to it and you get it. But when somebody is angry, that's usually not the best time to talk about it. Yeah. You know? And if somebody will not hear you or argue with you, 
that tells you a whole lot. If mm-hmm. the setting is right and the time is right, the other thing that's important is to making sure the time is right. You say, in our case, Marty, is this a good time to talk about? Mm-hmm. And no, nope. okay, then when would be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's fair. If a person isn't ready and they need to get their ducks lined up or sure. whatever happens, but but that's that's yeah. the response I would give. If we just accept and cower and say, "I'll try again, honey," yeah. it um, almost can feel hopeless. I think so. For example, if if in the situation, um, Marty was like Joyce, you do need to wipe the table down, and and you are responsible. Um, it's actually hopeless because he can't make you change. Right, he can't make necessarily like he can. He can put in uh, consequences or influence or get angrier and angrier, but um, really change from within to be like, what? Yeah, like what is it that is happening in me that I need? This is the thing I'm going <laughs> to explode about is, is having a clean counter. He can never make you care yes. about that counter as much as he's going to care about it. Yes, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, and and like you said, you could clean it like perfectly. And it's actually not going to resolve the anger in him. That's right. Because there'll be something else. I'll give you a story. Okay. Joyce used to work with two girls about 10 years old, I think they were. somewhere. Joyce is a crafter, so she's teaching them how to knit and sew and stuff. And I'm home. We're retired, you know. And they're footing around, giggling and all talking. And I, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> So I, Marty's nightmare. I go to get my shoes, to put my shoes on, and I look down, and there's these little sandals on top of my shoes. Mm. I just had this rage mm. come up just out of nowhere. Wow. Mm. Joyce is across the room looking at me like, are you going to blow up? <laughs> you know, mm. I mean, I was really, and I was telling myself at this time, I don't know what's going on here. Mm. Something's happening. But something's really stirred up in me. So I said, I just told Joyce, I got to leave. <laughs> so I got in the car. I was driving around, and I tried to go back and process that feeling, that mm. anger. What's back there? What's back there? Why am I thinking about that? Back and forth. And finally, I got down to sort of what it was. And I came back, and the girls had gone. And Joyce said, what was that about? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I said, you know, I don't know the specific thing. All I know is it was something about boundaries. Mm. It goes back really early. So I don't even know the incident. But to, it goes back to family of origin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Somewhere back there. But I chose not to act on that anger because mm-hmm. I could have really, mm-hmm. at that point where I was, I was like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. It's that you guys keep talking about like this check engine light. Like the light is coming on. There's something going on inside me. And what you did is you took the responsibility to figure out what was going on inside of you instead of like blowing up and, you know, now Joyce and, you know, these little girls who have no idea. Yeah, um, yeah and, and morally, they've done nothing wrong. Yeah. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I could have just really unleashed on that little girl. Why are you putting yeah. shoes on top of my shoes? Yeah. What are yeah. you doing here? You're being so disrespectful or whatever. Yeah. And But I, I own mm-hmm. that was my anger. Yes. It wasn't that little girl. Yeah. And there's actually hope in that because now God can do something and he's revealing something for you that he wants to speak to um, instead of making right. There's another layer of responsibility in that example too. When Marty came back in, it was my responsibility to say, what was that about? Mm -hmm. 
because that afforded him an opportunity yeah. to share, to process it, mm-hmm. and it afforded me an opportunity mm-hmm. to learn more about him and what was going on so that we could avoid future conflicts. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do feel compelled just to, to give one kind of caveat just for people who are listening. Because um, I, I 100% agree with what both of you are saying in this. You know, like, hey, it's it's his responsibility to kind of process through that, to, you know, figure that stuff out, to share. It's your, and Joyce, he said, it's your responsibility to ask and, and press into that. And at times, depending on where he's at, you might have to be a little bit more intrusive. You might have to be a little bit more forceful. Sometimes you might have to be a little bit more curious and gentle as you're kind of reading him. Um, but I just, I want to put out there, like, there are there are some relationships where it's actually not safe oh, absolutely. to ask, that, hey, what's oh, going child- on? Because, because oh. the... Because what he's done is, you know, you don't know, you know, there's other relationships where he goes out and driving and that's just, instead of him processing, he's stewing and mm-hmm. it's growing and, and you're now at risk when, when he gets back and the thing keeping him, you know, from doing that is the girls are there and well, now they're gone. It may not be safe. And so if, if you're in that kind of relationship where, where it's like, no, I, I don't even have the freedom to ask yeah. the kind of question or even to, to give feedback, say, like, hey, that anger seemed disproportionate to this moment. Um, or to like, hey, what is it you really care about? And if if you're if you're not safe in asking that question, if there's fear of the response of, oh, you know, you want to know what I'm not happy about? It's you, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a whole different thing. Like, it don't yes. what what you guys are talking about? It's like within the context of normal, generally healthy people on the same page, people wanting to grow, where there's not like a a you know disproportionate power dynamic or yeah. abuse or oppression so like for yeah. people and like i'm mostly just saying that for especially for wives feeling like oh my goodness it's my responsibility to check in with my husband and get that information like it's not not in those kinds of situations no, it's yeah. not no and and in my example it by asking by asking usually is something like are you okay right mm-hmm. and then that affords him yes i am or say well let me talk about that yeah Mm -hmm. and if it's a yes i am that means it's not now or it's covered or there's nothing to share it was my little thing but i agree totally because as we have worked all worked with relationships and families it's it's a very very different thing one thing Um, that i want well i think just after your comment mark what marty did was went and and was curious about what was going on inside of him Versus stewing on something external that happened and making it be, yes, um, you know, like yeah. he could have spent a whole car ride being like, you know, that I can't believe she, yeah, that little girl, and yeah. she doesn't respect, and and you know, and why did Joyce even invite them over, and you know, like it was, it it was this curious and actually kind kindness to himself and um, compassion to have curiosity about what is going on. And why is it this? And and really to say it's it's something back here in my my family of origin. I I, I can't quite pinpoint it, but I something with boundaries. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna take just a this will feel like a little bit of a left turn. But we only got a few minutes left, and I I wanna just get your guys' input on on this. One of the things that um, that seems to be a pretty common deal in conflict. I'm sure you've seen this in marriage stuff that you've done. We've seen this in counseling. It's here's the conflict. And, you know, he did, he did or said the thing and she's upset about it. You know, she was offended. She was hurt. And now he's sitting here going, that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. 
Like you're, you're interpreting, you're taking it the wrong way. And now here, here's an initial conflict that is now bringing it to a bigger conflict. Um, you know, and we talk about that, like, um, you know, the, the, uh, we, we want to judge ourselves by our intentions, um, not by the impact that it has on another person. Um, as you've done kind of marriage coaching, counseling with yourselves, with other people, could you speak a little bit in, in to that topic, like in conflict, helping people kind of process through the difference between my intentions versus considering and taking ownership of the impact that this had, regardless of my intentions. It's, it's a big question and it's a very important one. And it's important because it's really the core of it, isn't it? I think the way to solve that is a willingness. And if that doesn't exist, the conflict's going to remain. A willingness to, to what? To look at my responsibility, my ownership, what is the impact, what is the, what is the result of this. We've all learned about taking different perspectives or point of view or where that's at. I had a, a lunch yesterday with a very dear friend who shared a, a concern and a conflict in, in her marriage that had been going on for decades. And there was an occasion where it flared. And she mentioned it to her husband, and this has been a a relationship that's been very, very strained. In fact, yeah, there's been a lot of harm caused. And she shared it with her husband, why she was very hurt where that was, and the response was, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Hmm. Then the next morning, he came back to her and said, I've thought about what you've said. And I see it from your perspective. And I now understand. Mm. And I don't know what that magic ingredient is except willingness. Mm. Focused on, back to the bullseye, looking at yourself, looking at that angle, and that's why I go back to willingness. That takes God's grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That takes repentance and forgiveness. And it's not just, oh, I'm sorry, kind of forgiveness. And it's not just, well, if you do the following things, you'll be forgiven. Or if the situation changes the way I want it, then I'll be accepting. It's what's the cost mm. of forgiving. Mm. And I think all of that enters into that. Do you want the conflict to be resolved? Mm. If you do, you must see the other person's point of view. Mm. And if you do not, Mm. sorry, good luck with that. (laughs) If you cannot see or will not see, we call it the other point of view, and that is the harm and everything else. But it doesn't even have to be harmful. Yeah. It can just be 
where are you in this situation? Let me see if I can reach over, touch your heart, and see, feel what you're feeling. Yeah. It makes me think of just a couple of questions of um, if I don't want to, to see the other person's perspective, like what is that risk for me if I, if I enter into your perspective? But then also why, um, what is my need to defend my intention? Like if I'm going to be like, that's not what I intended. Why, what am I, def- back to that question that Marty asked, what am I defending and why am I defending my intention? Um, and what is blocking me from being able to, to look at the impact and that's a lot of self-work, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of curiosity about myself. And it's ongoing because mm-hmm. it's back to understanding yourself and awareness. What need of mine yeah. is not being met? Yeah. And, and I, whose responsibility is it to meet it? Mm-hmm. I, I think when you, you, know, you really think about conflict and ownership, it, you know, we all know when we feel that anger coming up. Yes. It's coming from mm-hmm. somewhere or, or, and, and what we should be doing is saying that's a check engine light. Yeah. Doesn't say, you know, that, that light doesn't say number two cylinder isn't working. It just <laughs> says something's wrong mm. there, mm-hmm. or something's not right. Something's unsettled. And, and I think that for, for me, when I hit that, that that's the signal back off, take a pause yeah, and look at this. If that doesn't happen, we'll go into four things. We'll escalate, mm-hmm. which is threatening, intimidation, yelling, screaming, whatever it's going to be. Or we go to invalidation. Mm-hmm. You're stupid. Don't think that way. You're overreacting, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Or we withdraw and hide. Yeah. The last one is negative interpretation. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see Mark coming. I know exactly what he's going to say when he <laughs> says that. I'm going to say this back to him, mm-hmm. and I'm not even listening to him. Yeah. Yeah. I've already decided yeah. how so that conversation is going to go. All four of those things, there's no more listening. There's no yeah. more nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So you really need to be aware of that check engine light and pause. Yes. Yeah. When I, that, that whole idea of like intent versus impact, when, and I, I mean, I've done this to my wife, I've done this to my kids. I've never met a person who hasn't done this, right? Absolutely. So, like, this is a universal problem again, back to Genesis 3. But but, but when we hit the point where I'm saying, well, you took it wrong. You shouldn't feel that way. You you should have you should have interpreted it that way. What am I doing? I'm placing the blame yeah. not for my posture, my contributions. The blame continues to be, well, it's your fault if you just saw things. Functionally, what you're doing is you're demanding, no, you must see things from my perspective. Yeah. If you just saw things the way I did then you wouldn't feel this way. So it's still your fault, even if my delivery was clunky. Mm-hmm. And and there's that that thing that, like, it's just this downward, spike, downward spiral of the the blame shifting. And, again, everybody's fault but my own, which, again, is why we doing this whole episode in the first place mm-hmm. within conflict of the, the critical importance of ownership and responsibility, which is just not natural to most people. Yeah. And so kind of like the one of the one of the biggest themes even just in this conversation is – I don't think anybody has specifically said it this way, but it's kind of undergirded all this. Like we need help. Yeah. We need yes. outside eyes. We need mm-hmm. coaching. We need counseling. We need somebody else that's going to teach us how to ask ourselves those questions. Mm-hmm. Somebody else mm-hmm. that we give permission to, to mm-hmm. say, ask me the questions mm-hmm. I don't want to be asked. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that hopefully then yeah. gets me to a point where rather than my wife, for instance, feeling like, um, like it's dangerous to come and ask me a question. Like I, 
a healthy part, a healthy place would, would be for me to initiate that and say, hey, did I, like, whatever the situation is, like, hey, was there any part of that that I handled poorly or mm-hmm. any part of that that you felt like was, you know, unnecessarily harsh or, or like, where I'm inviting that kind of feedback, um, where I'm initiating that, you know, rather than kind of sitting back on the defense of hoping that she won't bring something up. Um, but it's like, we, God has created us to be interdependent. Yes. Like, all, you know, part of bearing one another's burdens, loving one another, encouraging one another. Um, it is impossible to grow in this area without help from the Holy Spirit yeah. and from other people that God has filled with his Holy Spirit to help see the parts of us that, that we can't or sometimes don't want to see. Yeah. It's all relational. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, thank you, Joyce and Marty. What a joy. Yeah, we love you guys. We're grateful for uh, what you do here, and thanks for joining us today. See you next time on the next episode of Talking to Humans. Sounds great. Thank you.